Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Thursday, January 6th. Welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I am Julian Edlow here with uh, my co-host Steve Buchanan. As usual, um, we are going to get into some of this messy week 18 as we discussed on Tuesday with you guys. Um, A great player prop week, much more so than betting sides, in my opinion. Um, And we have a guest with us that uh, very much so happens to like player props. And we will talk as NBA has been going very well for for me. It's been going very well for our guests. So we will talk some some NBA player props at the end. Um, We will have another guest later in the show, Ben Rasa of Osmo.com, to talk the national championship games from Alabama, Georgia on Monday night, January 10th unreasonable odds we will be running a free bet giveaway i'm not sure what it is yet but it will be coming out on the DraftKings sportsbook uh twitter handle um some unreasonable odds promotion some free bets given away to you for the national championship game some of the listeners um so keep an eye out for that i tease the guest if you're watching on youtube you see the guest um odds checkers john high slop uh you can find him on twitter at uh slop rules s-l-o-p rules John, welcome to the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. How you doing, man? Uh, just living the dream, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, as we do with new guests, uh, we will play a very brief game of Know You Better. Um, so just a few questions. Have fun with them. Whatever the first thing comes to mind for you. Uh, beautiful. But your favorite win in your sports betting career. I know, uh, you know, we're in a, a, a group chat on Twitter, a sports betting group chat. I know you like a lot of plus odds stuff. It can be a ridiculous plus odds win. It can be your biggest cash win. You don't need to say numbers. Just whatever your favorite win is so far. Um, to be honest with you, the, my last one. It's always my favorite one. All right. So, what, so what's going to be your most uh, memorable loss that you have? Which one kind of really stung? Oh, Northwestern, uh, like years, probably ten years ago, it was Ohio State. They were plus six. And they were winning literally the whole game. It was a Saturday night. It was the marquee game. I had the people over. It was awesome. Uh, Ohio State took the lead, like, with literally less than a minute left. They ran one of those, whatchamacallit, the uh, lateral plays. And Northwestern fumbled the ball, and Ohio State picked it up in the end zone. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It was a while ago, but it was, like, seriously just the worst feeling i think i've ever felt in my life i mean it was it was horrible it's like it was it was like you just you thought you like you won the game the whole time like they like northwestern was gonna win straight up and yep. then just whatever they they did get behind like literally last minute ohio state scores goes ahead you're like all right cool they're still gonna cover and it's like no no yep. you yep. just lost that's that's called a back door um all right your best advice, I know you've been doing this a long time, so your best advice for uh, new sports bettors, the only answer you're not allowed to give is bankroll management, betting responsibly. We know we preach all that stuff, but your best advice otherwise. Best advice would be, I mean, yeah, bankroll stuff is big. Uh, right. Not too many in one day. I mean, just narrow your picks. You know what I mean? Like, like it's fun to have you know, 50 bets, don't get me wrong, but to be honest with you, man, you can't keep up with all that anyway. So just, just go with this. A few games that you're going to watch. I mean, you're going to enjoy your time a lot better like that. And plus you'll know what to cheer for too. Cause that when, sometimes when you have too many bets, like you don't even know if what was just happened was good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wait, did I, is that good? No, I, I know what you mean. Sometimes you have a side in a game and a player prop on the other team. Mm-hmm or player props going against each other. Like there's, you know, conflicting rooting interests. Too much action can be, can be a bad thing. Quality over quantity. 
Yes. That's something everybody, that's something I need to get used to. Like I just put out my, I, I like to update on Twitter from time to time, kind of my season records. And I did that this morning. I was, I was long overdue. Um, and college basketball this year has just been all, all over the place. And I, and then I put out my NBA numbers and I'm like, why did I even look at the college board yesterday that I went 0-2 in um, when I went, you know, 3-0 and in player props and the lean I put out cash two to go 4-0. Like, that's where it's at right now. So quality over quantity, um, for sure. Speaking of quality over quantity, you certainly do not want to be betting too many of these Week 18 games, <laughs> if any of the spreads. I might bet all player props like i said on tuesday much rather than bet aside i would rather even just make a three or four team money line parlay for some of these big favorites that need to need to win kansas city on on saturday um the titans to beat the the texans i know the colts are like minus a thousand there's no way they're losing like you put three or four of those together to get to like plus money I would rather do that than bet bet a weird spread this week. Um, but I'd rather do player props than any of that. But before we get there, the week 18 board, we kind of covered it on Tuesday. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Has anything changed for you since we spoke on Tuesday? I guess the Bengals, we were like, oh, the Bengals will have Burrow against the Browns. No, yeah. that's now an untouchable game. Yeah. Yeah, because we were talking about that, too, because like on Tuesday, the perception was that the Bengals still had an outside chance of getting their number one seed. Uh, that is still true, but the Bengals are like, forget it. We're not even going to be trying for it. We're going to be resting our starters. Mixon, I believe, is uh, has COVID, so they was the first um, one to drop, and then it was like, okay, well, now Burrow's not going to play. You know, that doesn't seem to be injury-related, just resting him for the playoffs, which is smart. Because he came off that field hobbling uh, last week, so no need to run him out there. So now that is flipped once again. Now the Browns are six-point favorites. When we were talking about it on Tuesday, I think the Bengals were only two-and-a-half-point favorites at the time. So now obviously a massive shift. The Browns have a better chance of winning because Case Keenum is taken uh, under center this week now. So without Baker Mayfield, you should like the Browns more. Uh, but yeah, so totally not on the Bengals anymore at this point. Glad I didn't place that bet after the show. I was actually really thinking about it. Glad I didn't do that because now it's, you know, a total crapshoot, just like the rest of the board, really. You can't bet a side for this slate no. until kickoff, until it happens. Yeah. Like 90 minutes before a game is when you can bet it. Otherwise, you can't bet it. Um, and I'm a guy that loves to get value early, early in the week. Of course. Uh, you just can't do it. Um, we just talked about conflicting bets. The Bengals are now a, conf are a conflict for me. I, ha I have Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year, at some plus money. So I was like, ah, he's sitting. He's going to give Dak a little chance to extend that small lead in the odds. I also have Mac Jones, offensive rookie of the year. I just got to assume Chase is sitting this one out. If Mac Jones can have another three-touchdown game in Miami, 11-win team, if they win that game in Miami and he throws a few touchdowns, can he regain that lead? There's another conflict for me. I don't know which what I don't know if the Bengals resting guys is good or bad for me. We will find out when the awards come out. Um, John, looking at the the week 18 board, anything for you that you say, you know, if we get there, if, if we get to kick off and nothing has changed, I'm looking there. Uh, no, not a chance. The the only <laughs> thing that uh, I'm even consider like thinking about, and it's more from like a rooting interest, is just like praying that the Jaguars beat the Colts. Yes. Just to see what would happen. Dude, like, all... That would be just so funny if that happened. So there, there's there's my bet. You know what I mean? Like I can be completely entertained by that until it goes south, which I mean, it's probably going to happen. But, that could go south in the first quarter. Yeah, like right away. But man, what if? Just what if that happened? So not only would that happen if that does happen, the whole stadium are going to be dressed up like clowns <laughs> on top of that. So yeah. the Jaguars might even pull off the upset and everybody's just like a clown. Like it would yeah. just be an absolute cluster. Perfect. You know, perfect. I mean, Julian and I, you may know this already, have a vested interest in this because we both bet Colts to miss the playoffs way back before the season started. When okay. Carson Wentz had the two injuries. Was it both ankles? Was that what it was originally? He's had so many injuries. Whatever it was at the time or ankles, I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah. yeah I, I bet was, against them one, one week where he had both of his, I think it was both ankles. Yes. It was both ankles. Right. But they won the game too. Yes. Right. Yep. It's like, I remember so, that. 
So Julian and I both thought that that bet was dead because the Colts were, you know, going to beat the Raiders and they lost to the Raiders. Now it's like, it's still basically dead. Okay. You're back. Kind of back. Right. There's a little sliver left. So like we would love if the Jaguars won this game. (laughs) Yeah, that would I'm more on just for the uh, the other angle of the tie between the the Raiders and Chargers. I think like if right. that were to happen, then those two would if they both if they tied, then they they would both get it. That would just be fine. I just want to see that happen. Yep, and it's unfortunate oh. that they're playing the Jaguars too because it doesn't really give us an opportunity to hedge. Because I mean, you're not going to hedge with the Colts yeah. money line this week, so it's it's quite unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, you're kind of, you're just kind of sitting there, dead ducks. Yep. Hopefully, yep. not dead ducks, but yeah. So sides are tough this week. Um, I'm not giving one out. We'll see if, uh, you know, on Sunday we'll we'll give one out. But player props are trickling out on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, there's not many yet, but we kind of have an idea of what we like. Um, these late season games, I've been betting all on incentives, whether it's financial incentives or record-breaking incentives. Now in week 16 that worked well when i backed antonio brown props and he had 10 catches for over 100 yards went back to it last week um created invented a new way to lose um by going crazy in the middle of a game and taking your clothes off and quitting your job um everybody has a bad day uh this one happened very very publicly and uh happened to lose me my player props now that said there are even stronger spots in week 18 and some spots that i love so i'll start by going over a few of uh, a few of my favorite starting with statistical uh, incentives rather than financial Cooper cup needs 12 catches 136 yards for to the best season as a wide receiver in, in either um, his player prop is out at 126 and a half yards on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a lot. The problem is here, as long as it's to 135 and a half, I'll bet it because I think he's going to get it. So the number, this is one of those weird times where the number doesn't really matter to me that much. Like when I bet Antonio Brown last week, it came out at 69 and a half yards, closed at 78 and a half yards. That could, that could matter. Like, but if, if Coop, if Cup is sitting there at 125 yards in the fourth quarter, they will find a way to get there. Like, I'm, I'm not really concerned about that. And he had 11 for a buck 22 in the first matchup against the Niners. Cooper Cup is the first place that I'm looking. Do you want me to run through my list or do we want to like react player by player here? We, we got a react, preference, yeah. Steve? Yeah, we can react. Do you have a reaction? <laughs> so I'm, the only thing I'm worried about is I think the Rams win this handedly, right? So like if it, this is an important game to both teams. Rams need is. to win the division, that two seed. Niners need to win to get in. So I, I have said numerous times, I think the Rams are like one of the worst good teams in the league, right? Because you look at their record, you think they should be a good team. When you watch them play, you're like, how is this team with this record, right? That's like the Ravens, exactly. You know what I mean? My worry is that the Rams go up big and early, and then they just say, then they're like, okay, we got this, we can coast now. That's the only thing. This number is so astronomical. And I feel like we're in the same situation with Derrick Henry last year. Was it last year when he was going for the rushing title? or two years ago, and we were having almost the same conversation. Derrick Henry Henry is a – you know my story with Derrick Henry. I had Nick Chubb to lead the league in rushing two years ago. He was way ahead. He had like 34 yards on the last week, and that still left Derrick Henry in a spot where he needed like 250-plus. Right. And the Titans were playing for a playoff. Did you get it? And they still got it to him. Yes, I did not hedge. (laughs) Sorry about that. Got it ripped away. I'm going to laugh. 18 to 1, Nick Chubb to lead the league. It was brutal. Derrick yeah, Henry, gut punch. I didn't hedge with two weeks left in the season. Derrick Henry missed a game. Yep. And then played the last week of the season and got oh. all the yards he needed to get it. It's a horror story. Um, yep. So, same spot last season. I made up for it. I made my money back. Derrick Henry playing the Texans, the same team he got it against the year before, needed like 250 yards to get uh, 2K. No, Samir. Samir's slacking me. The Henry thing was last season. This is two years in a row. First story is 2019. Next story is 2020. He needed it. He needed a lot of yards against the Texans to get to 2000. And they handed it to him 34 times for 250 and two touchdowns week 17 last year. I bet all Henry's overs last year made my money back a year later. And now Derek Henry and I can be on okay terms. Nice. Um, so 
I get here, John. Do you have a reaction? I guess to Cooper Cup. Are you on board with the I, big over here? That was the one I got as a question mark, just because the books can put you in a spot like they because they know obviously. So let's say um, the reception one is the one that I feel like they can get you the most on, just because he needs twelve, so yep. they can throw you know a ten and a half out there, whereas normally it would have been eight and a half, nine, or you know, someone something like that. The yardage. I mean, it's a buck 26. That's a lot of yards. But at the same yeah. time, you know, I, I think you're, you have the right angle. I mean, I just think the, the not going to get 120 like, and then get stuck. The difference to me is normally like you would say like, oh, this came out at 117 and a half. It's now 126 and a half. You can't bet it. This is one of those weeks where I feel like the 117 and the 126, huge difference any other week now becomes more. Doesn't meaningful. matter. Once you, once you get up there in the range, they'll find a way to get there yeah that's all i'm saying i guess mm -hmm. um okay let me see do i have any oh in, incentive ones this lines up with the derrick henry one i don't know if the colts will get it for him but the colts need to win and they jonathan taylor's 266 away from 2000 maybe they're up 21 at halftime and they don't they don't and he has whatever 150 yards and they don't go for it but the Jonathan Taylor rushing over against Jacksonville in a must-win game, I'm already interested. Now you give me the incentive that he's almost to 2,000. Even if he doesn't get there, there's still the thought early in the game, like get those 150 in the first half, get up 21 nothing, and it's in reach. Jonathan Taylor is going to be a big number this week. He was like 108.5 last week, I think. Another big over that I might go after. And, it, you know, go figure – these two guys are both minus 110 to win the offensive player of the year, Cup and uh, Cup and Taylor. Um, I don't think anybody thinks Jonathan Taylor is not going to have a huge game against Jacksonville this week, John. But are you going to be considering the rushing prop when it comes out? This is going to be like mid-teens, 114 and a half, like, something like that. I like that one better than the Cup one. Okay. Just because the Colts, man, they just feed him. Like, just go back and watch. Like, them. I mean, they literally just hand him the ball all the time. If you've ever taken one of their receiver props, you know. You know what I mean? You're just like, come on, throw the ball. Like, like my God. But I think I had him last week or the week before at 102, and I never go into the hundreds. But it, it just felt right. I mean, and to your point, he doesn't need to get the record to get over this number. You know, he doesn't have to get close. So, nope. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't mind that one at all. Although I, it does I, go against the Colts, though, them losing. So there's that. We might have, right. This is a part you gotta, you know, yeah, you, now we're conflicting. You bet with your head, not your mm -hmm. heart. My head tells me that the Colts are gonna run all over the Jaguars, not lose to them. <laughs> yeah. Here's the only concern I, I have with, with, with this one here is that the Colts cannot afford anything to happen to Taylor, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. The Rams can lose Cooper Cup, and it's a big loss. There are ways for the Rams to win without Cooper Cup. I don't think you can say that about the Colts without Jonathan Taylor. And that game last week against the Raiders is a perfect example. When you need Carson Wentz to make a big play or make a play late, it does not happen. That just that that is the biggest thing with Carson Wentz. He just crumbles under pressure. He makes these bonehead decisions, these bonehead throws. If they lose Jonathan Taylor, that Colts team is dead in the water. They don't have a chance. So if they get up to an early lead, there should be no reason to play Taylor in the second half. If they have a handle of this game, there's no reason to play Jonathan Taylor. You're just playing with fire at that point. So that would be my concern with, with the Taylor prop is that they have this game. Okay, good. Lock it up. Start sitting guys because you can't win games with Carson Wentz. And I think deep down, they know that too. It could be. It could be. I'm just playing. I'm just giving out angles here, and there are probably angles that I'm going to invest in, but we'll see. Um, and as you'll notice, now I'm going to do two financial ones, but they're all they're all overs, obviously, because guys need to get certain numbers to get these. <clears throat> Stefan Diggs, Bills, mm -hmm. facing the Jets. Huge favorites. 17, whatever it is. 17. Got to win this game to win the division. Um Stefan Diggs is six receptions away from 1.55 million. He's at 94. He gets 1.55 million for a hundred reception season. He's another 1.55 million away from 231 yards. Probably not going to get that, 
because you're going to be up on the Jets, no need to throw and no need to risk digs going into the playoffs to get that. But six receptions. Once the game starts and he has his four for 55 or whatever, and they're up 14 nothing, you think that Josh Allen's not going to get him a couple screens to get him 1.55 million? Stefan Diggs will take you out to a very nice dinner after you give him those screen passes. This one might be my favorite because it's, you know, I, the only problem is I don't think we have a number here yet. If the number is, um, if the number comes out at six and a half, then you can't bet it because he might get his six and they might be up and get benched. I, I pray for Stefan Diggs over five and a half receptions. It was five and a half last week. Yeah. Pretty juiced, but I mean, I, well, that doesn't, that's a play. I'll lay minus 155 yep. and a half. No problem. Yep. That was the one I have at the top of my list. Oh, really? That, one? that okay. one fits perfect into, you know, what the line might be, what the narrative is, you know, just everything about it. That's that feels good. And the bills don't run. And that's what happens to the yeah. jets. A lot of times is everyone just runs over them. So then the receivers get no love. Well, the bills don't really run much. So I don't know that that one feels right. We just, the only thing is we just need the number. We need the five and a half instead mm-hmm. of the six and a half. And we'll see if we'll, we're recording on Thursday afternoon. We'll see what it comes out at. Yeah, five and a half makes a lot of sense. But yeah, if it comes out at six and a half, it's a, it's a no bet. You can't do six and a half. Nope. Yep, that would stink. We're praying, we're hoping. All right, last one. Um, I got burned by Antonio Brown uh, badly. But now that now the Bucks are down bodies, the Bucks are playing to win um, this game. They can still move up or still protect moving down in, in the standings. Limited bodies to pass the ball do, but old faithful for Tom Brady, you got Gronk. Gronk needs seven receptions for half a million dollars. Gronk needs 85 yards for half a million dollars. The props are obviously going to be lower on, on both. Um, Gronk over receptions, Gronk over yards. I'm either f- doing more analysis and maybe John, you, you seem to know this already, John, so maybe you have more analysis. I'm either doing analysis on the on which one's better between receptions or yards or betting both of these. I like both. Because they, again, they fit. Uh, his receptions last week were like four and a half. Yeah, I think yep. the yardage was like 48 and a half or some, somewhere in there. He'll be with no Brown and a little bit of knowledge of the incentives. We might be looking at five and a half and 50 and a half now, but still. I, I think he went like seven. Oh, he had, say, what was it? It was like seven for a buck 15. So, I mean, like he. He, he had a very good game. Yeah, he uh, did it. But I mean, the reception's four and a half. That that feels right. Also, Brady has, I think he's seven, like, it, it, seven you know, for one fifteen for Gronk last week. Yeah, so I mean, it's in his wheelhouse. It's not like he hasn't done that before. And uh, Brady needs, I think, like four hundred and fifty or something crazy for the for the season long record. Like I don't know that he would actually try. But there is that angle. Yeah, so there's that angle too. Season record. They're only eight-point favorites. You saw them last week. They had a tough time with the Jets. So, I mean, I like both, man. Fair. So, I do too. Yeah. So, last week was, if you want to call, the first game where Gronk was playing and there was no Antonio Brown. I guess we'll call it for half of game and no Chris Godwin. He ended up with 20.4% of the total target share on the team. So, that ended up leading the team. Uh, really the only person that got the biggest bump was uh, was that kid Grayson. That's the one who got mm-hmm. the biggest bump because obviously no Brown, no Godwin or, or whatnot. So the, tar- the target share went to Gronkowski, if you want to call that, through the last half of the game. So if that's going to be the continued trend, then that would make a lot of sense here. I'd actually be interested to see if they have a number on Grayson because Brady seemed to go to him fairly quick after Brown was out too instead of someone like Tyler Johnson. So Gronk and Grayson would probably be the two guys that I have my eye on on this one. But that makes a lot of sense uh, for the Gronkowski one. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what my favorite is. But I like I – like those are the four that I, I had. I like them a lot. We'll see how I play them. We'll see what the numbers are. Um, anything else on your list player prop wise, uh, for, for week 18, John, uh, Mike Evans needs like 54 yards for a thousand again. And that's in his range of 55 and a half. I mean, you're going to have to watch the injuries report just to, you know, with that guy. So if he plays, I, just don't, I mean, like, that's something to think about. 
is he financially incentivized to have another? I don't, I don't know. That's what, like, I don't think so. All I have written down is the thousand yards, but I mean, some of those guys, they care about that stuff. It's like his eighth to our eighth year in a row or something like that to start his career. So maybe there is that, maybe it means more for that. I mean, you could, I could talk myself into betting anything really, but that one, that one sticks out. That one. I'm just thinking like, you know, he's getting to be a, he's a vet now. And Mm -hmm. You're down two receivers now. You cannot afford to lose Evans. You can't afford to lose Gronk either. So I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but we'll see how much it, without any financial incentive, how much the meaning of another thousand yard season matters to Evans. He'll, it's not many he needs. So he'll, he'll probably get there because they're going to try to win. Um, Steve, any prop angles circled for you this week that we haven't covered? Uh, I mean, this one goes all the way to that Monday game, but Eckler absolutely Sunday, Sunday night. Uh, sorry, Sunday night. But Eckler absolutely ran all over the Raiders in that first game, 15 carries for 117 yards. His rushing yards for this game is at 57 right now. Like, that just Ooh. seems stupidly low. They are, involving yeah. more, they are playing three running backs and involving them, so maybe sure. the evolution of the backfield has a little bit to do with it. But, yeah, this is a, this is a playoff game, we think, until the Jags win. This is a playoff game on Sunday night football. Um, so you're going to, you're going to go to your best players. So it makes sense to get Eckler more involved now when it counts. And that just, that just seems like a really low number. Like in that game that, uh, against the Raiders before he was averaging just under eight yards per carry. So if he gets even something close to that, it wouldn't take much to go over that, um, that yard total, even if they were doing, uh, scaling his carries back a little bit here too, but that just seems like a really low number. So I love that number for Eckler. All right. Fair enough. One, uh, more, one more I forgot about though, is Mark Andrews. Buck 41, I think for the, yeah, for the tight end single season record, like 141 yards is not that much. But uh, if you remember, remember the Ravens, they tried to keep that streak going. So they, 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 they care about records. It's my point. Uh, Huntley, if he plays, went to Andrews quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, so that one feels right, even though the matchup's not right with the Steelers. But at the same time, it's not a bad matchup either. It's just not, you know, one that is great. They they might have checked out after last week too, after the Ben game. You know, on right. Monday night, it might that their season's over. That there's, I could talk myself into that again. We got to see the number though. I mean, if, if they throw something in the mid fifties, then yeah. But I mean, if if you're looking at low seventies, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Um, any, I mean, we're obviously this week is different. We're talking all incentivized, but, um, you're a big prop better, John, any just overall, uh, you know, strategy or advice, uh, player prop wise speaking to NFL that, that, you know, you're comfortable sharing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love going with, um, just the, the good run defenses. I like going tight end. And those games, tight end receiver, like those are the ones you look for the best. I mean, you're getting edges like that uh, just because teams can't really run the ball. Like I think I already mentioned like with the Jets, I mean, their, their secondary is terrible, but the problem is they give up so, so much running, you know, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. They, they give up so much in the run game that, you know, you, you can just, you can just run the ball on them. Well, it's different whenever you're playing like teams like the Bucs, the Saints, you know, those good run defenses, the Ravens, or even have the decent run defense. You're going to get production in areas where you don't normally see it. And again, you'll, with the tight end position, man, you're looking at like 30 yards sometimes, 28 and a half is their receiving yards, you know, stuff like that. Um, all right, before we wrap NFL, um, you know, Steve, do you have any, I know, like DK Sportsbook does a really good job of keeping all futures markets alive as late as they can possibly keep them alive. Um, anything futures wise that you have your eye on that you think is worth betting that you think, you know, now is the time because once we get to the playoffs, this is gonna, gonna change. You want to get it in before week 18 or anything like that, or even any awards, because this is the last time the awards market is going to be open for a little while. I mean, I still don't understand why Burrow is not favored to win comeback player of the year. Like, I know him not playing this week is, is going to hurt. But if we're talking about in the grand scheme of things, Dax really disappeared since, like, week nine. It kind of feels like like he hasn't – like, his story was great. Coming back, you know, now the Cowboys are, are winning the division. But, like, you can say the same about Burrow. And if, if there's a reason why the Bengals are, are where they are, it's 
really because of Burrow, and it's because of Burrow over the past couple of weeks. Like he's through for almost a thousand yards over the past two weeks. And you know, a lot of people say when these awards come up, it's it's you know recency bias when it comes to voting. Well, if it's recency bias, then it's one hundred percent Burrow. So if you're still able to get him at plus money, it's plus one ten right now on, on DK Sportsbook. Like that's just that's just not set right. And especially too, if Chase is going to win Rookie of the Year, like to me, I feel like that just correlates well. If if Chase had this unbelievable year, well, it's because of Burrow and what he's able to come back and do. So I I I, I just think Burrow's the, the play in that one. Well, we'll see about uh, we'll see about Chase's Rookie of the Year, but um. So I bet Burrow plus 125 the day before he got, he ruled himself out for week 18, which I was a little down on like, Oh, I would love him to pile on a little bit here, especially with how hot he's been, but maybe he's done enough. Um, Dak was minus 700 going into last week, which is nuts. My rationale here is that, um, and why I bet Burrow and I hope Dak has a bad game on Sunday, uh, nothing personal, but I mean, Prescott, was you know he peaked in like october september october he hasn't been that great lately um burrow had a worse injury about a month later than prescott did and came back and has been better put up better numbers and the cowboys had a win total of nine nine and a half ten Bengals win total was six and a half and the bank like the Bengals have been the better story the cowboys are the more public story the Bengals are the better story so i like burrow we talked to Johnny Avello, director of DraftKings Sportsbook, on uh, on Tuesday. He leans to he leans to Prescott still, so that's why the odds makers are where they're where they're at. Do you have any action or any take on it, John? No, that that one's a tough one just because it's such a biased award. I mean, there's really no like number. Right. There's just it's what these guys are going to think, and it's tough to it's tough to say one guy or the other. I'm I'm with you on Burrow more more so than Prescott, just because he hasn't really done, like, look back, like, he hasn't done anything in a while. I mean, like, they're, he's just kind of treading water. So, I mean, yeah, he came back, it was a horrific injury, but at the same time, Burrow has got the Bengals in the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yep. Division winner playoffs. Yeah, they won the, like, especially, they won the AFC North. I mean, it's not like. Huge. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Coach of the year is the other one that I did get a bet in on. Um, I bet Vrabel plus 350 this week. I think they're going to beat Houston, get the one seed in the AFC and do it with a half season without Henry. Julio Jones coming in and giving nothing. A.J. Brown in and out, and they still get it done. Um, I'm not too worried about Zach Taylor. Like The Bengals aren't going to sweep the board here and win every award possible. Um, Now, maybe Dak wins come back. Mac Jones has a great game and wins offensive rookie of the year and Taylor wins coach of the year. I, I have no clue. That could be how it works out. I don't think that's how it's going to work out. LaFleur is the one that worries me because three seasons with the, like you have the Bozo McCarthy there and he's showing his Bozo-ness in Dallas. And then you go to LaFleur who wins just won his 13th game for all three years that he's been the Packers head coach chance to win 14. We'll see. It doesn't matter for them, but chance to win 14 on Sunday. Um, LaFleur worries me, but like you're telling it's the two one seed head coaches and one of them is the favorite and one of them's plus 350 and did it with injuries all year including an mvp candidate out half the year that's my thinking that's why i took rabel plus 350 i like the plus 350 i mean that's you get plus 350 on anything i'm interested you know yeah uh did lafleur didn't win the last two years right like he hasn't won before this award that's a great question let me find out right now if he hasn't, then maybe that helps him. But again, you got to like kind of crawl into the brains of the people voting for this award, which is always hard because you have no idea what these guys are thinking. Not only that, too, I think it just goes to show how overpriced Belichick was. He's 35 to 1 now. He was the favorite just a few weeks ago. You yeah, know, that's like, crazy. It's, I mean, it just goes to show how overpriced it was. And then Belichick was Belichick was even money a couple of weeks ago. Now, <laughs> I mean, now he's thirty-five to one. That's insane. That's a wild yeah. swing. Yeah. That's insane. And I no, think it just speaks um, to the volatility of the market. Yep. Yeah. And um, no, Lafleur has not won. Kevin Stefanski of the Browns won twenty twenty. John Harbaugh Ravens won twenty nineteen. You want to hear a funny joke? Two thousand. Does anybody know who won Coach of the Year in two thousand eighteen? Wasn't Um. Adam Gase, right? Or no, um, Matt Nagy. 
Matt Nagy. Twelve and four Bears. Matt Nagy wins, and now everybody is calling for his job, and yeah. he's uh, essentially stepped down. He's pretty much fired in the season. So yeah. there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, that is awesome. All right, so we're in a little bit of a you know an interesting week for NFL um, before we really get going in the postseason. So before we let you go, John, um, I know you're a very big NBA prop better. Um, I'm a big NBA prop better myself. Injuries, load management, the timing of it, getting to things quick um, makes it huge in the NBA. And now we're in this COVID health and safety protocols era where like, my goodness, is there are there some edges in value in yeah. certain spots with guys jumping into starting lineups, um, guys being guys we don't even know being given, you know, 35, 40 minutes and uh, just how high can you set their number if people haven't heard of them and you go slam those overs. Um, it's a weird slate for Thursday, but if you got anything for Thursday, feel feel free to toss it out there. And then just overall strategy right now in the NBA for you, because it is it is wild out there. It's turning to be tough now. It was easy for the last, I don't even know, month, just because you knew you were going to get somebody going into the uh, protocols. Like every single day, you just wait all day. So basically you take you know the second or third option on a team in a good matchup and just hope that their first option ends up on the protocol list you know at some point in the day because it was just happening literally every day but now you're getting guys coming back and they're coming back at like the end of the day so you you know you cap your game and then all of a sudden you find out like oh yeah my guy's going back to the bench or you know just another starter's coming back i think it happened last night with uh duncan robinson with the uh Mm-hmm. With the heat, like he didn't start, but he played. And it was like that just ruined uh I think it was Caleb Martin. Yeah. But uh you get I mean you get those things happen. It's it's not easy. Tonight, I think we have uh one last ride for Jalen Smith of the Suns. He yep. has a decent matchup against the Clippers, except for the fact that the Suns are such heavy favorites that they could just blow them out and you know, we'd be all done. But I think I saw his number at 13 and a half. Uh, he could get that easily. Everybody scores on the Clippers in the paint. And that's, I mean, that, that kid's dangerous. They'll go to him. But other than that, yeah, I mean, like the, uh, the strategy now is just to sit back and wait literally till 6 30, 7 o'clock. Yeah, you better just late. Because, yeah, like it, you just don't know what's going to come across, you know, Twitter. Because, man, what it can change one, everything. The one that I've been riding recently that has been my favorite. Um, and cause guys are still going into health and safety. You mm-hmm. see a lot of guys coming back, but guys are going in. So Seth Curry points, rebounds, assists over the last two games has been one that <laughs> I've been on because before that game, a couple nights ago, um, Tyrese Maxey and, uh, Thibel, who, you know, not that much production offensively, but still 30 something minutes on the wing, both go into health and safety. Bet Curry, he got 2002 minutes and went to the bench. He still got there handily in the fourth quarter cashed by like five or so went back to it on Wednesday night shake Milton got hurt in that previous game he's now out with an actual injury for that Wednesday game against the magic Seth Curry's points rebounds assists open 22 and a half close yeah, 23, 23 and a half he finished 39 um <laughs> like the the edges here there's only so many guards you can play and you're going against the Orlando magic like exactly find the spots the spots are there it's maybe not there on Thursday, but again, we're recording at one o'clock. By the time 6.30 rolls around, something probably will be there. Um, I'll say one thing that I'm leaning, I'm, I'm eyeing. So uh, Memphis has been pretty hot lately. John Morant's been playing out of his mind. Um, Desmond Bain's been really good. He's doubtful for this game. And uh, Dylan Brooks is questionable to return from protocols. If there's no Bain and no Brooks... I'll just go John Morant over 26 and a half points at home against the Pistons, a game they're going to win, a game that he can run it up. Um, that's one that I'll go to if both the other secondary scorers on the wing are out from Memphis. We'll see if we'll see if that happens. Um, but Morant's gone over this in four of his last five, and he stayed under last game by the hook. He had exactly 26. So if you take Bain and Brooks, if you take Bain out and Brooks doesn't return. That's where I'll be going. That's where I got my eye for the the Thursday NBA card. DK will give you um, 30 plus for something, especially I I like doing that on, you know, the 26s 
you know, 26 and a half, 27 and a half, just because that you'll get a decent number and yep, it's yep. 26 and a half, really that different than 30. I mean, if you're like, if you're, if you're getting he a nice went over, boost. first of all, let me tell you, he went, uh, <clears throat> where are you? Uh, where are you? John Morant? Okay. So he had 26 last game prior to that 36, 30, 41, 33. Yeah. So that, I mean, four 30 point games in a row. And let me see. They've got the Pistons tonight too. I mean, the Pistons even, at home. like last night, they were absolute trash against Double the Hornets. I mean, that was, that was terrible. So the Memphis specials, Morant points is on the board. The Memphis specials are off the board because they want to know about those other guys. But yeah, yeah you'll be able to get whatever it might be. Plus high 100s, 200 on Morant to have a 30 point game. That'll come out. Yeah, that's not that crazy. No, he's done it in four or five, so no, it's yeah. not crazy at all. I mean, it's not, it's not <laughs> like it's, it's nothing crazy about 80% when you're talking nope. like games. Steve, you want to give us an NBA prop tonight? Uh, Seth Curry. Well, the Sixers don't play. Steve's not an NBA guy, John. He nice. doesn't get money. Anti-money anti guy. Um. All right. Anyway, as we teased off the uh, off the top of the show, we got Ben Rasa coming on from awesome.com. We're going to talk some national championship coming up next. Uh, Bama, Georgia, Monday night. You already know where 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 I stand on on this one. Um, but Ben will come on and tell us more. Um, John Haslop from Odds Checker. Uh, find him on Twitter at Slop Rules. Thank you for coming on the Unreasonable Odds podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, as promised throughout the episode uh, of the Unreasonable Odds podcast, we're not going to get a chance to talk to you before Monday, January 10th, national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. We got what we wanted, or most of us got what we wanted, unless you bet Michigan. Um, the SEC championship game rematch. Uh, the two best teams in the country, in my mind. I think that's why this game is good. We're getting the two best teams in the country. It's a rematch of a really good game that kind of went the opposite way that a lot of us thought it would go the first time around. And the New Year's Eve games were kind of boring. Let's be honest. Alabama and Georgia dominated, and uh, I don't see that happening either way in this game. So it's going to be fun. So as we have done at, at points throughout the college football season, Ben Raza of awesomeo.com joins us to dissect the last one. We got one left, dude. Uh, how was bowl season for you so far, actually? I, I should ask that. Yeah, so it was good. I'm not going to complain as I complain. I bet a lot of games really early, and I was fortunate to get – I had, you know, Utah plus seven and a half. I had Tennessee, an amazing number, didn't get there. Uh, Kentucky ultimately did get there, but some of the games where I really had some good closing value didn't come to fruition. And, you know, the semifinal games were not great for me, but overall, despite all the crazy nonsense we had to deal with and the, the missing <clears throat> players and the cancellations, I was pretty happy with bowl season. But what about you? I, I know we haven't talked in a little bit. Yeah, I was from a personal standpoint, just kind of, you know, we're North, we're Northeast guys. Yep. Um, it would have been cool to get some like Northeast, like I was ready for, I was excited for a Monday afternoon BC bowl game. That's kind of the upcoming team in, in the Northeast. You got Dracovic coming back, Flowers coming back, like their team next year. I lost on the win total this year. Next year is the year. Mm -hmm. um, they get canceled on a Monday afternoon. That holiday week, that would have been fun to watch. 11 a.m. kickoff the Fenway Bowl. Like I was probably going to try and go to that. That was exciting. Axed, like person, some personal preferences could have gone different ways but yeah i just i updated um on twitter i was well overdue to update like how i'm doing with sports college football bowl season 13 and 7 plus 7.8 units so yeah, that'll work again can't complain i was i've never been so devastated on a 1.5 unit win as i won was with the rose bowl i had all utah plus seven seven and a half i made 1.5 units but i had a bunch of money line as well i was convinced that they were going to win that game. They probably should have won that game, but they could not stop the pass. Um, so yeah, that was a little, that was a little depressing, but yeah, overall, overall good stuff. My only, my, my least favorite part of bowl season um, as our pit producer, Samir knows very well, I was right in line to middle Michigan state plus three and pit plus three and a half. 
Oh. It was right there for me <laughs> to just rake it in. That's and I still made money on the game because I left more exposure to the good number I had on Michigan State. But, um, yeah, that would have been a lot of money. Yeah, the Tennessee just – that game was off the rails. That one hurt. And then, honestly, kind of like your Utah, my other biggest complaint, and this is, of course, in hindsight, having seen what LSU put on the field, I did have some exposure to Kansas State. That was not a competitive team. That was – that should have – bowls. Oh my God. I don't know why they even played that game, but having seen it, they should have been a, a 30 point favorite. Not, not a, even at steam to 10, that was not nearly enough. So I made I had K state minus six and a half. Yeah. So did I. And Toronto Raptors money line parlay that night that, that hit. Um, and then the K state second half team total was like 11 and a half. So I was watching the game and I was like, I, I think you got to bet that. And it, it got there like very quickly. So yes. that was my most profitable game and yeah like you i'm i'm greedy and angry that i that wasn't 10 unit play um now we know when teams have less than 40 players and no quarterback probably bet against them okay that is the past we're now looking into the future um which is much more difficult to do alabama georgia round two um everybody knows where i'm going to go but i will uh i will speak on that after you um we did you came you came on unreasonable odds to talk conference championship weekend. You were high on Georgia. I didn't bet Georgia, but I didn't disagree with you. Um, I let my awful Alabama to win the SEC minus 125 future ride and had a great time doing so. What happened? What happens this time around? How much are you looking at the first game? What's going to be different in the second game? All that type of stuff. Yeah. So obviously the I think the clear biggest takeaway is is Georgia's defense is not invincible. They're very, very good. We still know that they're not invincible though. Alabama absolutely carved them up. Guys were running, particularly through the past, guys were running wild Louis three. Now, one of those guys, and we'll get into this, was John Mechie, and he's not going to be there. Uh, I do think that Georgia learned some things and they used that to their advantage against Michigan, particularly with these quick passes. Stetson Bennett was getting the ball out so incredibly fast against Michigan it was diffusing that pass rush and I think that's what they want to do I was super impressed with what they did with James Cook getting him in the receiving game I didn't really see that against Alabama the first time I I kind of feel like Georgia and rightfully so they said why would we change everything we've dominated everyone we're going to go in we're going to do what we do and Alabama had answers yeah in a in a reverse I want to ask you this this is my biggest thing it's almost ironic looking at Georgia this time I do think it would be much even though obviously we would have seen it once, I think it would be really hard to ask them to beat Alabama twice. I almost like in some way that they lost the first game because to beat Bama twice seems even more difficult. Yeah. You're saying to beat Georgia twice seems more difficult for, for, for either team. Like if you won the first game, it's obviously you take something away knowing you can do it. And, And Bama might just have their number. I do think that that's, something we should talk about that I mean Georgia's had these teams they've been in these spots so many times against Alabama and they don't get there but man as a favorite once again they are still favored in this game right I I do feel somewhat confident that that Georgia can do some things this time around that they did not show in the SEC championship I I agree with you losing in the I I misinterpreted the first time or I just wasn't listening um (laughs) Georgia losing the first game is good for Georgia Getting um, back for the rematch. Yes, I actually think it is as ironic as that sounds. In ways, yes. And so here's Alabama's disadvantage. Like, if Alabama lost the SEC championship game, they're out. Georgia knew they would you lose your in. So Alabama had to show everything in a must-win game to get in. That was the equivalent of the national championship game, as was the Cincinnati game. It was a do-or-die game, winner-go-home game for Alabama. Alabama's this will be Alabama's third winner go home game in a row. This will be Georgia's second. So they had to show everything in that first matchup on December 4th. Um, and now they happen to be playing the same opponent that they just showed everything to. So that's my one red flag with Alabama. Um, now, will they be able to pass it all over the place? Bryce Young, 26 of 44 for 421, three touchdowns, no picks in the first matchup. Um Six for 97 and one went to Mechie. Jamison Williams was the go-to guy. Seven, 184, two touchdowns. Slade Bolden was solid. And then just a mix of uh, of everyone else. Um, 
Brock Bowers tore him up on the Georgia side, 10 for 139 and a touchdown in that first matchup. He tears everybody up yes. um, for Georgia. Brian Robinson, 16 carries for 55. They shut him down. He had what it wasn't it over 200 against Cincy. They just were pass, pass, pass against Georgia, yep. run, run, run against Cincy. Um, where's the happy medium going to be in this game for Alabama is a huge question for me. And then the fact that, I mean, Stetson Bennett had 340 yards and three touchdowns. He just also threw three picks. Um, Georgia couldn't really run it against Alabama. That 30 carries as a team for 109 in that last game. James Cook was the leading rusher, 38 yards on 11 carries. They couldn't run it. Um, so who can run the ball? Will, will Alabama be able to pass the ball as well? Ultimately, you know where I'm going. I think it's a mental hurdle for Georgia. I think yeah. you're giving me an underdog with the better coach and the better quarterback. I like to think of it in those, you know, it has nothing to do with the game, but that's a, a way of thinking of it. Look, I don't need to bet the game. I got Bama plus 220 to win it all. I got Bama 235 to win it all. I got Bama three something to win it all. Um, I'll just probably let those ride. I don't make if I'm smart, I'll hedge, but I'm not that smart. Uh, so yeah, I'll be going, I'll be going with Alabama as everybody knows I will be. Um, but this is going to be a much better game than the last one. It better be. That would be shocking. If Alabama rolls them again, single digit, uh, single digit game, no matter which way it goes. I would agree with that. And I, I think so a couple different things. One Stetson Bennett threw the ball 48 times against Alabama. There is no world that Georgia wants that to happen. His yeah. happy medium is what he did against Michigan. 21 of 31 for 310. Just really clean, really good looks. I don't think either team is going to be able to run with any sort of, you know, great success, to be honest. It's just to me, Georgia showed some things against Michigan that I was, you know, they had a trick play that was really just a, a very more dynamic offense. And I, I do think there was an element where they've just been dominating everyone. They rolled into Bama and they didn't, they were so vanilla. Uh, they just did what they did, and their defense was not able to pressure Bryce Young to the extent that other teams, uh, even Cincinnati, honestly, I mean, that game was fully in hand, but Cincinnati did get to him a little bit. And I, I know he was smart enough to realize he didn't need to try to make plays because they could just run it at will and Cincinnati couldn't do anything. But I want to see what happens here if Bryce Young is put to the pressure of that front and certainly with Bowers, with Cook, uh, Pickens to an extent. I, I would really be shocked if Georgia doesn't unveil at least something to potentially put some strain on Bama. Cause if there's one spot where Bama is still a little vulnerable injury wise, it is that secondary. I mean, they used the true freshman extensively against Cincy. Now he's obviously like everyone, a five-star, but I want to see what they do against Georgia. The second go around. There's going to, I mean, Georgia's going to run that play. Like you said, they're going to try something. Um, sure. The question is, will Alabama be ready for it? Total wise. What do you think here? 52 points. And uh, team total wise, like Georgia over 26 and a half is minus 130 on DK Sportsbook right now. Alabama is even money for over 25 and a half points on the team total. That is just dangling bait in front of my face mm. um, that I really want to snatch and ultimately might write up in my best bets article for this game. Like they, they scored 41 in that one. I know they scored 27 against Cincy, but that was run, run, run. And then just put the clamps on like since he had six points, they didn't have to do anything. They're going to have to do something here. No doubt. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating because, uh, you know, one way or another, we're going to find out when you look at Georgia, there is one gigantic outlier in every statistical category defensively for them right now. And it's the Alabama game. Every other game looks different. Now you could say that's, you know, the SEC East and maybe it's just, they just haven't played anyone to Bama's caliber, which is true. But also if they play Bama again, are they giving up that type of points? I kind of lean under. I think if it goes under, Georgia has an even better chance to win the game. I don't see many ways where they just straight outscore Bama. True. I mean, and and what did Georgia score in the first game? They had, they had 24 points. So yeah, yeah. they they need to win 24 to 21. Like they're not built to score. You know, if this game is 38, you know, played in the high thirties, I just don't know how Stetson Bennett, who's been better than I thought. Which is funny because Georgia put up all the points and won the blowout in the last round and Alabama scored the 27 to win the low yep. score grinder. And now it's Alabama that's going to speed it up. Um, I said to you, as we were coming on, 
darn, I really wish we had some player props to talk about. And we're recording this at like noon on Thursday, January 6th on the East Coast. Guess what just came up on DK Sportsbook? Player props for this game. Look at that. So um, I told you 10 minutes, I lied. We're going to talk about these for a couple of minutes. Passing yards, Bryce Young, 314 and a half. Stetson Bennett, 249 and a half. That's low. I mean, it is, it is low. It, it's funny, though. This is one of these props that I, I think is actually ironic. If Stetson Bennett goes under that number, I think Georgia wins. Know. Yeah, way more. They don't want him throwing it. If Stetson Bennett has 400 yards passing, they lose. Take up. If he goes over, it's well, we're down 10, 14. We got to make up some ground. If he goes under, they're handing it to Cook and those yep. guys. Yep. Passing touchdowns. I played Bryce Young over two and a half in the last uh, against Cincy and got there. Over two and a half is plus 230. That's tempting. Plus, plus 230? Sorry, plus one. Over two and a half is oh, plus 130. I was going to say, I, I'm driving up there. I got to I gotta replace that right now. <laughs> Never. Um, uh, Stetson Bennett set at one and a half. The overs minus one thirty. Rushing yards. Robinson sixty four and a half. Cook forty two and a half. I know he was right there last time, but that's pretty low. Stetson Bennett thirteen and a half. Trey Sanders nineteen and a half. Zamir White forty six and a half. Receiving yards. Long list here, but let's go to some of the top guys. Bowers is sixty six and a half. That immediately. That's an over. Yeah, that jumps. Um, Billingsley, the tight end for Bama, is 14 and a half. That seems, I mean, that's just a catch or two. That seems kind of low. Yeah, that's an interesting one because obviously there's a big question of, you know, Mechie, the loss is going to be felt. I don't think it's out of the realm that Alabama goes to more like 12 personnel or changes some of the formations. And a guy like Billingsley actually steps up from a pass catching standpoint. Right. I, that's that's looking like a, an over to me. Um, James Cook jumps out to me because he was involved four for 28. The last game, they run a lot of wheel routes to him. He's 17 and a half. That is hmm. interesting. James, that's another good one. Jamison Williams is going to have a huge game, but he is set at 112 and a half. So I cannot touch that. Um, that is a big old number. Who else here? Uh, I guess Slade Bolden at 39 and a half is a fair one. He's a nice little underneath guy for Bama, but I would prefer the, the really low number 14 and a half on Billingsley if I'm if I'm playing one of those guys. Um, anything on those receiving props jump out to you? I like James Cook. Uh, that's one that, you know, I would imagine that you, you could confidently peg him for, you know, I think even conservatively, maybe like three to five targets, and they all should be converted because they're basically screens. Uh, in the last game against Michigan, he had four for a buck 12. He had four catches against Bama. Uh, I don't know why he wouldn't recreate that same role. And in some regards, I actually think he might be live to have more than that. And I feel pretty good about them. I think the ones that you kind of at first glance picked as a, you know, this doesn't, this stands out. I'm, I'm right with you on all three of those. And James Cook's receptions is a juicy minus 135 to over two and a half. Um, Bowers, by the way, is four and a half receptions. It's minus 135, but he's got a, I mean, even if Georgia went, I know I've talked about, you want the passing volume to be down for Georgia in this game. Bowers is still got to get some work though. He is, he is unbelievable. I I can't stress how impressed every time I see him play uh, as a freshman. And Billingsley, by the way, uh, plus money to the over one and a half receptions. So I don't know what you like more, 14 and a half yards or just give me the two catches for, for plus 110. That's tempting. It is. It really, like, I know he's not, you know, obviously they've still got other guys that are quote unquote focal point of the offense, but it feels like he's in, in line to get a, a slight uptick, especially against Cincinnati. They were just, it was not needed. They knew that they could run Robinson at will. That will not be the case this, this go around. Yep. All right. Well, that is uh, that is why I brought brought you on. Ben, the bad guy, going with Georgia again. I was wrong the first time, so uh, we're gonna see if we can redeem ourselves. We are a Bam. Steve doesn't do college football, so I speak for us when I say we are a Bama podcast here at Unreasonable Odds. What about (laughs) last night? Bama, Bama on the hardwood. I went with Florida. I took the Gators. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't. College basketball has been. Oh, I hear that. 
we'll talk again later there plenty of time to uh to march actually not really it's sneaking up but march will be here um all right ben rasa of osmo.com thank you for coming on talking to natty um real quick as i've mentioned on the podcast we are giving away uh some free bets on dk sportsbook uh we will have a give a national championship uh giveaway related it'll be coming from the dk sportsbook twitter handle um promoting unreasonable odds so stay tuned for that on monday uh ben you got anything going on at osmo yeah, I mean, obviously for me, you know, with PGA coming back, we're, we're super busy there. But with the NFL playoffs, the NBA, and of course, college football and basketball, you can find all my work over at awesomeo.com. Obviously, uh, if you want, stop on in. We'd love to have you as part of the community. Beautiful. Um, that is a podcast. Uh, plenty of plenty of action on the show. Plenty of guests on the show. And we will be back on Tuesday to talk NFL wildcard weekend, recap the natty, all those fun things. Uh, Talk to you guys next week. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.